Yo, 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 it's X, and this is What's Out Production. We got my boy, Crizzo, where you at? I'm right here. Yo, what's up? What's up, everybody? And we have a young guy with us today that is going to be, you know, our co-co-host, Corey. How you doing, man? Doing good. And today, we got a great episode of our podcast, and it's with it's a sit-down with uh, Fair Play from Street Beast, man. If you haven't heard of Fair Play, this man is like, he's like honor, like integrity, like, and he's got like a badass, like roundhouse kick. Like this man is the truth. He's pretty cool. He's a badass dude. How you doing, Fair Play? Hey, we're doing good, man. You know, another day, another day. That's it. Thankful to be alive. That's all I can say. I feel that. I feel that. So when did you start fighting, if you don't mind me asking? Uh... November makes, well, for Street Beast, November makes one year. But I've been fighting since, uh, overall, I've been fighting since 2015. That's when I really started karate. And then I picked up martial arts ever since. Started karate, and then about two years after that, I started boxing. And uh, I, I, wasn't, I didn't want to stay, like, limited to martial arts. I kept on learning different things, like Muay Thai jiu-jitsu wrestling and it just uh picked up into my martial arts today it's my style that is quick man that is quick man oh my goodness how did you how are you able to learn so fast and in, in, in such a you know a unique uh sport uh well part of it's being young i mean you know i'm only i'm 25 years old when you when you're 19 learning something new you absorb like a sponge you know what i'm saying yo like you guys doesn't have to be martial arts. You guys have your own passions, and you pick up to them fast if you like it. If you like something, you'll pick up to it like nothing, you know? Right, yeah. So, so what was your, <clears throat> so, like, what was your upbringing like? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what made you get into uh, martial arts in the first place, you know? Uh, very simple, actually. It's kind of funny, because uh, I was a kid. I played a lot of Street Fighter, you know? And, uh, I played the heck out of Street Fighter 2 as a kid on the Sega. I was like, oh, I want to learn martial arts. And then I never really figured out how to. My, my parents never got me into it. So I got older and it was so stupid. It was like, oh, I got a job now. I mean, what do I could do? I could probably pay for a martial arts class. I don't know why I never did it. So I just tried it out. And once I got out of, the, out of military training, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me sign up for a couple classes. Do a couple karate classes. So I originally just wanted to do a couple karate tournaments and call it, you know? And then uh, once MMA started exploding, I was like, oh, this is the thing to do. So I jumped into it. I started committing to it for like a couple more years and I stuck with me ever since. I see a lot of um, street fighting uh, inspiration from your like wardrobe that you even have on, you know, when you go into the fights, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, that, that actually just stuck. Uh, People always say with boxing, that's uh, actually if I got that idea from. I actually didn't get the Dudley idea from uh, for boxing that way. I actually, back in the 1800s, when uh, boxing started to become like, uh, popular, guys would fight in like formal wear, like formal attire. So I was like, that's you know what, what I was thinking. I was thinking like uh, Sherlock Holmes, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Europe, Europe and uh, early America did that. So I was like, you know, that's might as well let's let's start tradition. Let's pick that up. Let's see who catches on to that. But then you were like, oh, this guy's Dudley from Street Fighter, third third assault, third strike. Like, oh, <laughs> that works too. I was like, yeah, I mean, shit, why not? I'll go with it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, how many of the fights that you do are they really like street beefs? Like someone calling you out, like somebody really having an issue with you? Uh, you know, it's really funny because like. Ever since I took the fair play persona, people were like, there's a there's like a fence, you know? Like 80% of the fence when I first fought was like, yo, this guy sucks. He's gonna get washed his next fight. And 20% I was like, oh, this guy knows what the heck he's doing. I can't wait to watch him again. So yeah, you would get the occasionally someone messages like, I'll knock you out, right? I was like, all right, no problem. Do what you gotta do, man. And then one guy, guys uh show up. Like, for every once in a while, a guy actually shows up. Like, uh, 751 was my most respectful call out. He said he would love to fight me. I was like, all right, sweet. 
come on this date. We'll see what happens. And then freaking um goes to show. He actually shows up and he does boxing. He chose boxing. Like we could have done it in May, but he thought he uh, he wanted to do hands. So like, all right, let's do it. And then uh, my most recent beef fight was with Adam. And he was a little disrespectful with it. So that's why uh, I had to go all out, you know? And he had to yeah. get him to beat down. That's what I saw there. <laughs> Show him the business. Yeah, that helped you get in the fight. Yeah, he, yeah, man. he, he definitely he definitely learned that. I mean, he, was a, he seemed like a nice guy after. He texted me after, saying thank you for the opportunity. And uh, it definitely changed, uh, changed the way he thinks about things. And like, dude, at the end, at the end of the day, I mean, like, I'm no pro, but like you know those videos where you like you see like pros versus average Joes. Exactly. Like, <laughs> average Joe thinks they can beat the pro because they see him on TV. Like, hey, like that's man. the exact situation. Hey, he hit that gate so hard, man. I was looking like, oh my god, he's going through the gate. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> that was crazy. So do you think that uh you think some some of these people just do this for clout? <clears throat> oh, without a doubt, you know, like. You know how many people start their their channels or anything like, hey, uh, I actually was crazy enough to get suplexed by Brock Lesnar or or judo thrown by Ronda Rousey. I was that guy. That was me. You know, people like that. You, you know how much clout that would get? Because everyone's like, nah, that wasn't you. It was like, no, no, it was. Let me show you the video. And then they <laughs> show it. It goes to show. Yep, that was him. That's true, really, man. Would, would, they, would, they would love to watch that. They'll either call you Either way, even as negative or positive, they will watch it. You'll get popular off it. You're right. Like approximately a hundred thousand people watched Adam fight me. You know, even though if it was negative backlash, that's still a hundred thousand people. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Yeah. So, so why? So, what made you come up with the name Fair Play? Uh, there's two reasons. Uh, I was a huge DC Comics fan. Okay, there's, all right. There's this uh, superhero named uh, Mr. Terrific. Mm. And his go is fair play, you know? Fight fair. That's, that's basically what fair play is. I mean, fight fair, show respect, do things by the books, you know? Mm. Have, a, have common courtesy no matter what. So I was like, all right, I like that. I actually like that name. It's a good name. And that's how I believe in fighting, you know? Fighting's a sport. Fighting's a gentleman's sport. I mean, we've been doing it since the early age of man especially with like boxing being like one of the oldest sports we've done in uh, in America, you know, like you shake hands for that type of fight, you know, you, you have respect after you fight each other. It's not, there's not, there's no animosity. You don't attack people with a certain mentality because y'all both agree to doing, it's, 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 a, it's an agreement towards two people to, know, you know, settle a score or just entertain a crowd. Facts. Now, let me ask Facts. you this. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten into a real street fight? So let's say you're out at a club, a bar or anything, and somebody, or it could be school or anything like that. Somebody approached you like, hey, you think you can fight? Blah, 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 blah. Let me show you something like, you know, just like any, like outside the uh, ring per se. Like, have you ever any had like real confrontations? I mean, I've, I've never had like a... Uh street fight like a bar fight other than me i used to do a bouncer security so yeah i always had a teammate to help me out but a one-on-one confrontation i never really had outside the ring i mean this is one time i uh, was doing a i was bouncing at a bar a bar restaurant and uh these guys were intoxicated they ended up being in the two-on-two and then we jumped in and intervened they thought they could take us but <laughs> We're security. We don't play fair. We'll we'll do three on one. You know, <laughs> we don't realize like when a street fight, there's there's no respect or rules. So like the guy went to he went to get in my face. He went to swing on me. He didn't see my partner. My partner grabbed his grabbed his hand and I double legged and we scooped him up and slammed him onto this concrete. Oh, it is hey. <laughs> anti fair play right there. Anti fair play. Uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's the name of the game, man. Sometimes you gotta you gotta fight a certain type of way just to keep yourself safe, keep someone else safe. Because you know a street fight, street fights are dangerous. You're at the mercy of the winner. We're gonna right. keep up, you know. I've uh, I've grew up in some pretty bad parts of the of the state, 
Uh, Bridgeton was a bad place for a while in my childhood. You see guys just get curb stomped and stomped out all the time. Uh, I saw one guy point blank get shot and just die right on the scene right before the cops get there. And, you know, like I said, if you, the winners of the street fight, they determine whether sometimes you live or live or lose. Cause at the end of the day, the law is the standard. Nothing says that you have to follow the law. It's expected, but like guys, like the guy that has nothing to lose, like he's going to take a life. He doesn't care. That's facts. That's facts. And that's why I respect when, when, when men are, even men or women want to want to handle their issues that way. And like real fight, like, you know, like agree to like, Hey, no more animosity after this fight. Let's fight this out. We got a disagreement. We got to, we'll, we'll, we'll take it with the hands. Nothing else. I, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I've seen a lot of street fights uh, growing up. I've never actually been in one personally because I've been always on the authority side. So, like, I'm I'm held liable if I did anything bad or anything extensive to this person. But, like, I've seen people get knocked out and people, like, while they're knocked out in the concrete, they'll, like, pick them up, slide them to the grass and let them, like, take, take a nap until they wake up, you know? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's, uh, like I said, it's uh, the winner always tells the tale. That's the way it works. Right. Yeah. So do you have any, like, um, I would say, ritual or a routine before you get into a fight? Like, do you say a prayer? Do you meditate? Do you drink some water, you know, like an hour before? Like, is there any prep time do you do before you actually get into the ring? Um. This is it's really crazy to think that, but no, I'll tell you the truth. Since All right. <laughs> I, start, I started Street Beast. Uh, this is this goes back to a, the the original reason why I started Street Beast, because uh, I had I was an amateur fighter for a good portion of time, and I fought amateur, and uh, I kept on having lineups for my fights, but they always like you know people would get injured or people would back out and or duck, and. Uh, my instructor was trying to line me up another fight, then COVID hit. And then once COVID hit, I've been training with these guys for like five, six years now, and they had to shut down. They got bankrupt. They, so my school closed down. That's why I wear the geese. I wear the geese to represent my school. That's no longer open. So uh, everything I learned was from them. And uh, I was like, listen, this is all I know. Let's see if it actually works in a street fight. Like, this, what's the closest thing I can get to a street fight in without getting in trouble? Street beefs. And uh, I guess my, my everything I've been learning has been working because I've been holding my own against against most of the guys out there. So I've seen you fight all the different types of fight styles that are available on street beefs. Are they all in different locations? And if they are, if they are in different locations, where's your favorite place you've been so far? What's your favorite street beef moment? Um... I have to say the favorite place I've been, it's between my last fight and the West Coast. It's just the area is very vast and beautiful. I mean, California, one second you're in mountains, the next second you're in the desert, the next second you're in the forest. I'm like, dude, you got you got all types of uh, environments here, you know? You got all types of climate there. You like you turn one way, you see one thing. The, the view, the views are beautiful, absolutely amazing. Like when I fought for the West, those guys were really uh, professional. They took care of us. There's always competition, and a lot of tough guys are on the West Coast. Nice, nice, nice. So, do you have like a a workout routine, or do you have like a diet? Because like when I see you, you're pretty jacked. You know what I mean? So. You probably worked out, I'm, you know, I'm sure. So do you have, like, a personal coach that kind of gives you, like, um, workout regimen and, like, what to eat? Or do you just, you know, just, like, whatever? Uh, it, it's crazy that you say that because um, now I don't since I never really had a uh, coach. Like, I used to have a training camp, but my school closed down, so. Everything that I'm doing now is just off the of knowledge of what people taught me before when I was a, a ranked martial artist, you know? Yeah. So, yep. 
all my workout regimens are just off the hip, everything off my mind. I'll get up in the morning and I'll run like a, a mile. Then like once a month, I'll run 10 miles. Uh, I'd uh, go to the gym, study different types of uh, strikes, different types of uh, grappling movements. Like I'll go to the gym, throw a hundred of each punch. So I'll throw a hundred jabs. Then after that, a hundred crosses, hundred hooks, hundred uppercuts. Just so I keep my mind, like, no, uh, mentally, mentally, uh, muscle memory of what that punch is. Cause you can forget a punch over time. Like I, I took a whole month off once, just not working out, which is recent. And I forgot to throw a proper jab. So that's why you gotta stay, you gotta stay, uh, consistent with it. Cause you can forget the simplest basics in such a short period of time. Your timing gets slower. You, uh, don't do cardio you'll lose your cardio in a second like this is all just off of losing losing my school ever since i lost my school i've just been i just been firing off the hip you know like i don't have a guy always coaching me telling me what i have to do or where my flaws are but like uh we got animals of war our fight team but mammoth he lives in the same state unknown lives in florida ricardo lives in new york and detail mm-hmm. lives uh he lives down south too so we're all scattered the only person right. I really train with, Ryu Senen and uh, and Mam, because we're in, we're at least local, you know. Right. And we uh, piggyback each other and coach each other. I got a question about this. So a lot of times you do fight people who are in different weight classes. Does it does that affect you in any way? Does that does that change up your style in any way? Like oh, I've yeah, seen I mean, you fight some guys like two thirty, and I've seen you fight guys one sixty, like. That's a vast, you know, difference. I treat every person I fight with caution. You just, you have no choice. I mean, Smart. especially with striking, there's always puncher's chance. I mean, I don't got the best chin in the world. I got a chin, but doesn't mean it can't be tested. You right. know what I'm saying? Like when I, fought, when I fought Beast, man, my chin came in clutch, man, because I got hit with some bombs. <laughs> and I still kept on going. I was like, I was... I gave myself, like, even though it was a loss, it was a personal win for me because, like, I got to tangle with one of the best in the yard. Like, no one's contesting that guy. That guy's right. going to hold the belt forever because, first of all, I was crazy enough to challenge him. I was, It wasn't just bravery. You have to be slightly crazy to want to fight a guy like that, you know? And yeah, he's top. That. that dude's yeah, definitely was, top. What was going through your head after that match? Uh, The headache I had. <laughs> so many times my teeth were throbbing i was so glad i didn't lose it because he knocked out my mouthpiece a couple times he's like oh boy mm-hmm. dental dental plan came in came in uh came in for the win that day you know <laughs> so what's your um what's your record um 11 and 2 in boxing uh i really don't like count beef matches uh they everyone says i'm a and o but I, I feel I'm seven and zero. I don't count beef matches as a win, and uh, unless it's like a, unless it's like a guy that actually wants a recorded match. And uh, BJJ, uh, I really feel that I'm two and two. Like when I roll with Walk Lobster, I feel like he gave me a run for my money. I didn't get submitted though, but I feel like he was the more of the aggressor. That's and, just what uh, I was gonna ask about uh, your ground game. How do you feel about your ground game? It definitely can be improved. I mean. I only took jujitsu because I'm originally a striker. Right. So I only took jujitsu really just to, as self defense because I don't care what anyone says. You need some sort of grappling these days just to stand a chance against the guy. Like you can be the best boxer in the world, but if you don't get that that lucky shot or the guy has a good chin, you don't knock him out with that shot, and he grabs your legs. What you got? You know right. what? You Same as kickboxers, like a guy or or a Muay Thai guy, like. You need your legs to be able to to dish out your strikes. You, do you anything, can't do that. Right? Can't do that if you're on your back. Because uh, nine times out of ten, uh, nine times out of ten, fights finish on the ground. Maybe you'll get lucky and hit him with that one two, and he'll be out for the count. But nine times out of ten, you gotta finish the guy on the ground. Right. And you see, right. he strikes yeah. all. The ground. They always lead to the ground. So you've been a bouncer. You know, you've been. Uh, you were in the military. Yeah, still in the military. I've been in for eight years now. 
Thank you for your um, service, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. What, for... uh, what branch um, of, of, of the military? Uh, Army National Guard. Uh, okay. Been doing that one uh, my entire military career. Like a lot of guys do active Army and then they transition, but I've been in the Guard ever since. Yeah, that's what my buddy did. One of my teammates, he did the exact same thing. Uh, he's actually in Florida right now, but yeah, he does the exact same thing. So thank you, man. Thank you. So uh, how has that shaped you personally? Uh, I tell you, if I didn't go through, honestly, to tell you the truth, if I could go back in time to mine, I did, I would never join the military. Why is that? <laughs> they run you through the dirt. I tell you that they run your face through the mud, but it makes you stronger. It builds you up and it makes you, gives you your personality, gives you more discipline. That's how you get disciplined. You, you get broken. So you can tolerate stress more. Like if I if I didn't join the military, I definitely wouldn't be able to be the person I am today. I tell you that. Mm-hmm. Respect, respect. Respect. Thank you. So more thankful. That. Yeah. Oh, I was about to ask some more about like street beefs though. So where do you see yourself later on in the in the future, like in street beefs? Uh, with street beefs. I was actually planning to go pro uh, by the end of the year, but uh, I really don't know. Uh, I re- I'm really still on the fence. There's a gray line on what I want to do, but I'm going to just get my license and just see where things lead from there. That's really what it boils down to. Uh, street beefs, though, I'll be, I'll be fighting with them for a while, uh, probably till December. And then once I get my license, they still want to let me fight. Because technically, even though I have a pro license, technically I'm still not a pro because I haven't had a pro fight. I haven't got signed mm-hmm. by a producer or a commission yet. Right. You know? So I might still do a couple things. I might host a couple fights instead. You know, I might host instead of actual fighting myself. Because I'd say mm-hmm. I, I did I fought that entire year. Like, I, had a, I had a good Street Beast career. I'm thankful for that. Heck yeah. And, Heck yeah, man. What was your hardest match like? You know, uh, my hardest match was uh, it was exhausting. I mean, like, my hardest match was against Beast, and you people say, like, yeah, it was just boxing, but like, Beast, man, I just got his hands, and then I found out he he does kickboxing and he's a grappler too. I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I only took his hands because I saw him. Just <laughs> oh my god, dude. So what were you saying? Sorry, my bad. He's a monster. Who, who, who other? What about the other athletes from uh, Street Beef? Who do you respect out there? Oh, there's. I, I have a lot of respect for Smile. Before he, uh, before he moved on to, to pursue his, uh, his sanctioned career, I have a lot of respect for him. Baby Hulk, that guy's another dangerous dude. Baby Hulk is crazy. Yeah, he, he sound crazy. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal crazy uh i never want to grapple him like i don't care about that full-on fight i still won't want to fight him you know dude, once the dude gets you on the ground that's it he keeps you there not you're not getting back up he keeps you there you know yeah he might have been the uh, first off from street fights was baby hole well you say it again i said he might have been the first uh fighter i saw when i watched uh, street beat yeah, he's the first. I say he's the first fighter between oh baby baby Hulk. Uh, I like Beach and Turk. Out of them three, I say they're like the more modern fighters that like mm-hmm. you know help help the uh, street beast like you know transition into a more MMA standard. You know, like mm-hmm. a more fight league standard. Right. Back then, it was just like uh, you know backyard fights. I could say Iraqi assassin. He was like good transition into old school to new school too. Dude, you could see his name everywhere on those boards. It's like <laughs> Iraqi assassin, Iraqi assassin, Iraqi assassin. And I've seen he, him in fights. He's crazy. Yeah, he, he's, uh, crazy he's dangerous, man. And he's a uh, he's a champ for a reason, man. He got skill. He got some serious skill. So you think you'll ever go back for a title match or no? Uh. I don't know. There's a, you know, everywhere there's politics with everything. I mean, I wanted a title shot. I've been trying to get one. 
and uh, I just, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not like trying to get it. I'm like not like begging to get it. But if it was there, I would jump on it. You know, like I, I would like to fight for the 200 title because uh, Tyree's actually one of our other teammates for Animals of War, and he wanted to fight for the 200 uh, to 215 pound, and Country Hoodlum, he's doing rough and rowdy, so it went vacant. Mm. And then Tyree was he took the belt, but then after his fight with RSV, he took like a little hiatus to go train and figure out his life and all that, which is understandable. So I was like, you know, while it's vacant, I guess I'll try to get it. I mean, I'll try to try to see what I what I can do. But uh, also, uh, my fight with Showtime too. Like I lost by split decision, right? Which uh, was a it was a tough fight. Showtime was really tough. And if I won that, I would have had the the belt too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I really don't like rematches. If I fought the guy again, I mean, it just wouldn't feel the same, you know? You know, I feel that. Yeah. I think it's so crazy how you like you started on a street beefs like as it was like climbing up on the algorithm. Like last fall was around a time when like street beefs, like everybody started on their recommend rented uh page on YouTube. And like you for you to just come on there is like it's the best time to get you like the most uh, spotlight, most opportunity. So this is kind of great. I mean, I know your school is shut down, but it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise if you don't, if you, if you agree. I don't know if you agree or not. Oh no, I agree entirely. I mean, who doesn't want that Jake Paul fight, man? You know, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you tell me, you fight the guy once at minimum, you're getting seven hundred k. You know, I, I, I want win or lose, I want that. You know, right. Sign me up. I'm 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 over there tomorrow. Seven hundred k. Shit. Exactly. Yeah, I, man, I'll even take Tyson. Man, two point two million and a free. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the question I ask all my friends for for one million dollars. Would you take two hits from uh, Mike Tyson to the head? Nah, that's the 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 one million is just in medical bills. I need two. That's what <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Thanks. I was thinking like you. So my coach, he said one time, he was like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't feel the second punch. And I was like, I guess you're right. But, like, you know, you'd be – you'd probably be brain dead. <laughs> you feel that probably, yeah, you'd probably be, be, be dead, like, <laughs> at that point. Dude, the guy breaks ribs, ruptures livers, kidneys, and he's still doing it at 50 years old, 50-plus 50 yeah. years old. Yeah, and man, he's, he's still a beast. Power. So, question – uh. What fighters have you been inspired by? Like Mike Tyson, you like Bruce Lee? Like what, what type of fighters you like? Oh, I, the, the list goes, the list is infinite, man. I Boxing, I love all the old school boxers. I can I can talk about boxing for days. Well, tell but, me a few. Tell me a few I, and why you like them. I like Sugar Ray Robinson. I I feel he's actually the goat of boxing, but he, he gets overshadowed sometimes because, you know, they don't have a lot of his recorded fights. Like the guy has 200 plus fights in right. his career. I think uh, out of all those fights, uh, four fifths of those fights are wins. So that that's that's a lot. That's, that's a really one. good winning record. Yeah, that really is. And he was like the the very end of old school boxing. Ma- Ali is is another favorite of mine. But Ali gave the transition from like modern age from old school to modern age because you know back then people everyone fought like George Foreman. They had tree they had tree rooted legs. They just stood there and they banged it out until one guy fell down. Right. Uh, and Robinson, they're the only ones that really used footwork other than Willie Pep. But like that that's into another story. But like Ali compared to all heavyweights, it's the only one that really used footwork. That's why he was dismantling guys left and right because everyone just like. You got to stay rooted. You got to stay square. Keep your You're hands up. rock them, sock them. <laughs> exactly. Robots. That's exactly how it was. So then when they saw Ali doing his dance, like, how the heck can't can anyone hit this kid? He's light, and he's just moving around. He's off balance. Like, no, he's not off balance. He knows how to cut angles. He knows his range for his jabs. He knows how to evade punches. People, Because people always like, oh, you take a punch, and then you hit a punch, then you hit the guy back. No, that's, that's not how you do it. Like those are old. So yeah, and Tyson too. I love Tyson, Floyd Patterson, Joe Frazier. The, the, the list goes on. George Foreman. I, I can talk about it all day with boxing. 
Uh, but like when it comes to traditional martial arts, favorite guys is uh, Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Jackie Chan. Uh, you know, uh, I used to like Michael J. White. I still like him. He the guy guys does phenomenal martial arts too. You know, it's just the list goes on with that. Wrestlers, favorite wrestler. I, I can't even get on get into you about wrestling. No, those guys are freaking awesome. Um, oh, come on, we we got well, wrestlers. That's that's one of my strong suits. You gotta tell me. Do you story. mean WWE wrestling or what you mean by wrestling? Uh, legit wrestlers and WWE wrestlers. Because in the beginning, a lot of people forget. Like in the beginning, it was actual wrestling. Like these guys had yeah. actual uh, backgrounds. The actual moves were actually wrestling techniques. You know, yeah. people forget that WWF early early WWF would have actual wrestling matches. You know, that's the way it was. It was legit, and then now, it, and now it's in the entertainment. That's why they turned it F to the E. But yeah, exactly. oh, like, oh, wow. this is old school luchador, while well, Japanese uh, masked fighter named Tiger Mask. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, like, like King from Tekken was inspired by Tiger Mask. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy. Um, Paul so, Hogan's off. What I was about to say? Would you ever fight? In, like, I, have you ever heard like the the gruel, like, Japanese professional wrestling league. Would you ever wrestle there? I heard that it's always, like, super extreme no matter what, you know, if it's fake or not, you know what I'm saying? I've heard it's always been, like, the most extreme, like, place. Listen, when it, people people don't give a WWE type of uh, uh, committees. They don't give them enough credit. Like, it's still – you still need to have some sort of skill to do those scripts. Like, you're talking about guys doing backflips off of, like – 10 foot poles or like six foot poles and fall onto someone without hurting them or like being able to, you know, flip off of someone that, that that's hard to do. And if yeah. you have like backgrounds doing those moves are pretty freaking hard. Like, uh, there's this one move that, that I, I might try to pull in the yard one of these days it's called the rolling cradle. And that move looks freaking awesome. You, you're like moving like a tumbleweed. And you like control the speed and the momentum of the movement. Like when you see, when you actually pull it off, this is the actual wrestling move. When you actually pull it off, it looks freaking awesome, you know? Yeah. So that's what, like, I'm a geek when it comes to those things. Like, uh, people would really think that's Street Fighter right there if you did something like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> right. I might try to pull it off next. My next MMA match, I might try to pull it off. But like I said, at the same time, I fight some skilled guys too. So you can't just, People always think like, oh, you're just fighting some average Joe. No, there's some guys that uh, have golden glove backgrounds. There's guys that have like five, six amateur MMA bouts. And people don't understand, like, even though you don't have a lot of amateur MMA fights, the training you have to go through just to get one fight is insane. Like, I had three sanctioned MMA fights, and I had to train like a whole year just for one fight. I fought like once a year. And I'm like, dude, if I'm going to train this hard, just to fight one guy. I know for a fact that guy is training hard just to fight me too because you're putting the school's name on the line. They want to make sure you're in top skill to be able to fight. So you're fighting. You're always fighting someone skilled. That's why it's so mm -hmm. hard to get a amateur because schools put their name on the line. It's like, hey, we don't want to lose. So you're training your ass off. The only way you're going to get an amateur fight is if you come in every day, you train your ass off, and you got to win. I'm like, dude, it's it's hard. It's really hard while street beast, I can just walk in, you know, get a couple good ones in without having to go through all the all the BS that uh New Jersey Athletic Commission makes you go through. Right. You know? Right. I agree, I agree. Uh what advice would you give to young athletes who who want to become, you know, masters of the craft in the in their sport? I mean, you've you've only been since what, 2015, that's six years, you know, but you're you're mastering it right now. You're still in the mastering process. Like you're still working towards it, but what advice would you give to someone to start now? Uh, advice I would personally give is once you start training, don't stop. And if you really want to, you got to make a sacrifice. Like I get people have kids, people have families. Like I, 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 I'm always in that gray line between everyone. Cause I have a heart, you know, but you always stay hungry and stay consistent with your training. If you really want to go far with it, Sometimes you got to put some things on the back burner to get what you want. Like I know guys that 
they they have to like leave their families for a good portion of the time of their time they like spend like maybe two or three days a week with their family but the rest is just dedicated training because listen i you can love family all day but sadly you have to make a decision between wanting to aspire into your martial arts career or uh have to hang up the gloves and just you know be a failing man one of the two same for women too same same thing you have to take a sacrifice overall right yeah that's very true i feel like like you know when when you are um growing up and you are like coming up uh you have your passion of what you're trying to do and then you have other responsibilities you know like family pets or you know whatever and then you have to travel here and there and you're right you do have to make like a certain sacrifice you know what I mean you know but I feel like once you do get older maybe like in your 40s or 50s or whatever time you know it is that you like the average time that you retire in that's when you can really you know give your all into your family or whatever responsibilities that you have but you know, I feel like it's important for, like, if you have a family that understands you, they will understand the the uh, journey that you have going f- for yourself, because that's, that's your passion. That's, you know, what you're trying to strive for. You know what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. And uh, like I said, I, I'm thankful because I had, I had some good friends that supported me. My, my wife supports me a lot with it all, but at the same time, when you, you got work, you got to support a family that I have to make that sacrifice. I mean, I love fighting. I love fighting a lot, but I can't commit 100% to it because, you know, I care too much about my family. I'm not saying that martial artists don't care about their families, but when you make it that big, you can make that sacrifice. I mean, I'll, I'll sacrifice a six-week training camp just to fight in the UFC because that's that's money that's more money than i make a year working my regular career and i can use that money to take care of my family so yeah exactly I, I, yeah I, I do that, but i'm not at that level i'm an amateur so amateurs you know we we don't we don't make money we fight for free so you have to make that equal balance to to be able to support your family and do what you love still well, I'll say one thing, man. You are definitely on the right tra- track, and, you know, I you have a very bright bright future ahead of you, bro. Like like I see it, you know, like when I watch the videos, you don't look like no a- amateur to me, at least. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, like, like I said, it's been, uh, it's been five years of karate, uh, six, well, no, actually six going on seven years of karate, and uh, five years of boxing. And uh, like I said, I lost so much time because of the because of because of the pandemic. But at the same time, I memorized what I had. Like since I haven't fought in so long, it gave me time for my mind to settle in on what technique is and break down on everything that happens. I still have my last athleticism because I'm still young. Once I hit thirty, it starts going down. But right now, I say. Uh, since it was good, I took that mental break or that physical break because it helps me mentally to just break down techniques and learn things. Because if I didn't have the, I'm only a green belt in karate, so I'm at that need, I'm at that level to where I'm advanced. I'm not expert yet, but I'm advanced, so I can right. t- concept the certain moves and and certain uh certain aspects to the martial arts or any type of uh discipline. So having that mental break, I was able to sit down and study things. And now I'm throwing kicks. I'm not saying I'm throwing kicks at a black belt level, but I'm able to learn expert style striking. I'm able to figure out how expert style grappling works. And, you know, when you train all the time too, or if I have a, have a chance to go to my gyms, well, my uh, the places I train now, I can uh, train it with sparring. Sparring is very important because that's, that's like the, the test fight before you actually go into the real thing, you know? And that's where I got most of the moves that I, I, I use in street pieces from just sparring guys better than me, getting the crap kicked out of me and understand why I got the crap kicked out of me. Because hmm. learning technique is great and all, but if you can't use it 
in an actual practical environment, you might as well not even begin to even try it. Iron sharpens iron, honestly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I, I, question, how was that time period from when your school shut down to when you started Street Beefs? Like, how, how long of a period was that? How would you feel? Were you still training? Were you just sparring out with other people? Like, how was that? Uh, that transition was tough. I mean, my uh, instructor's closed down. He uh, had a ghee sale. And they're like, you know what? Get me two of those fresh new geese because it has the, the logo, the Karate Dojo logo on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, even though the school's shut down, the school's never dead. School's still not dead. I'll rep that school strong because that, that's, that's where I learned my martial arts. That was the... That was the foundation of all my disciplines, you know? Yeah. So that's why I always shout them out. I always wear the gi to honor them for every that's MMA fighter. Fight, and a lot of schools see it as disrespectful, but like, how is it disrespectful if I, I don't have a school? Right. You know? So true, true underdog, true underdog. So, hey, even if you have your first UFC fight, I'm expecting to see that gi, you know? Oh, yeah. I have to walk out in the gi. I'll take it off when I get there, but I have to walk out and gee. Yes, sir. I like yes, that. Sir. I like that. Gotta pull a GSP. <laughs> <laughs> so what type of music do you like? Uh, I, I listen to some very unique music, I tell you. I, got, I, listen to, I used to listen to a lot of jazz, but now I listen to a lot of uh, chill step, chill step, lo-fi. Lo-fi is nice. I do too, um, yeah. Shout out to one of our guys, Ryan Celsius. He helps us out a lot. So you understand what I'm saying. It's just working out is always good to like, you know, when you listen to rock and stuff, it's good because it gets your ants. But sometimes you just want to chill, you know? You want to savor and just relax. (laughs) Even though you're exerting, you want to have that, you don't want to have like an amped up adrenaline rush moment all the time, you know? You just want to chill, maybe hit the bag, do a little treadmill. Not listen to like heavy metal doing a treadmill. I mean, you can only go so fast in treadmill. <laughs> yeah, when I was training, I'd uh, we'd be in a not we'd really be it'd still be a really fat, uh, like decent, but I was a rower, but uh, I call it smooth jazz because it was like I'm just training, but it's like light training. I'm like, oh yeah, this is smooth jazz. I was like, you know, it's, it's not electro, it's not rap, it's not rock, it's not you, you know, it's just you know, come on, you know, get yeah, a lot of chill together. music let, lets me like get in that focus zone when i'm working yep. out like it just locks me in and i'm just going through the motions of stuff i've already done you know uh months and months before and it just keeps me locked in in that and like i, I find all type of music helping me in many different ways and uh work exactly i agree with you man yeah man music uh like the, I, I always say um there's always different music for different types of things and different like scenarios so when whenever like when I was in school and I would be studying or doing homework I would be listening to like lo-fi or like piano music or really soft you know easy on the mind you know music uh when I'm playing basketball or at the gym I would want to feel motivated so I would listen to like you know rap music and a little bit of rock to like you said to get me amped up like all right I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this you know so like this, you know, there's different music for different moods and like, you know, scenarios. And that's really what music really is. It's just a form of human expression, right? And just like different moods, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're right. And uh, I like it because, you know, when you're training and you, your heart rate's low, now when you're actually going to do the real thing it doesn't have to be fighting it could be competing in anything yeah your heart rate's low and you're exerting yourself so now when you're going 100 percent, it's actually a little more a little less uh taxing for your body because your heart rate's low you know so when your heart rate heightens up your performance goes a lot better you know you don't get adrenaline rush you don't get pins and needles you don't get nervous because you're you're more chill from that intensity and exactly. I love when you practice something over and over, like uh, I think you mentioned some of your jabs, your punches and stuff like that. And then, you know, when you're clicking, you know, when it's, it's going right. And then, you know, when when you're actually applying that, like, you know, sparring or in a real fight, you're like, oh, yeah, like that, that clicked. It finally clicked. Like, 
you know, you might, you might have had issues with that, you know, in the long run, but now it's like, you know, you were just, you're, you're focused on that for so long. And then all of a sudden, you know, you were able to apply that. It's just a, even if you lose the rate or even if you lose the uh, fight, excuse me, I was going to say race, even if you lose the fight, you know, you still feel like, wow, like I got that right. I got that portion right now. I got to work on this. I got to work on this. So, yeah. But like, like you said, it's like, it doesn't even have to be a fight. It could be a race too. Like I used to do track in, uh, in high school. Yeah. And I tell you one thing, I I would lose most of my races, but Same. always my time always improved because you know that training comes in clutch. You know, even though there's always someone better, that's where I, that's where I got the mentality with fighting a little easier because you always know for a fact there's always someone better than you. So that's why you gotta stay humble. You can't be walking around like I'll never lose my oh I'm the best I'm the pound for pound. <laughs> And then you're that guy face down on the floor, knocked out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's always those guys that feel like they can't be touched. But you're human, man. It happens. We're meant to be like that. We're, we're organisms that are made to fail and to get stronger after that. It's just people think like once they lose, they have to hang out the gloves. No. <laughs> Learn from your They're your losses are your are your learning lessons and uh yep. man that's why i respect uh that's why i respect watching you fight man because i mean i get that some have to play some type of character but sometimes they seem very macho some of them some of them no disrespect to them but like you always keep it fair i mean it, it fits your fair name play. You know, fair play i'm like it just fits i don't know it just it clicks i don't know well that, that's what it's about man it's all about you go in there you show respect and you have fun because I never, I you don't, I don't go into a fight seeing the guy as my enemy. He's like, hey, he's trying to compete just like me. We're here to just, right. you know, have a friendly competition. Hopefully, no one gets hurt too seriously because I don't want to put anyone in the hospital. I don't want to be in the hospital myself. So that's why you just go in, gentleman sport all day. Just got to have that mindset. Then when you go pro, yeah, try to put the guy in the hospital because money's on the line. But if not, we're not getting paid for this. We're just here to have fun, man. That's it. Hey, you're going to have the license to kill when you get that license in December, man. Oh, my goodness. If you go somewhere, you're going to be deadly, man. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm going to be excited. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I get it, I'm just going to stay stagnant, train like crazy because uh, even though I got the license, I got it. I'm going to be representing a gym. No matter what, you got to represent a gym. So I'm probably going to train consistently once i get it and uh see uh where that where that takes me from there because like my gym's gonna be like oh what the heck is wrong with you why aren't you fighting amateur first now you got this pro license now you can't fight anywhere it's like okay so train me until you feel i'm ready i'm willing to sacrifice and make the time so train me until you think i'm ready and then i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna give it a mile that's it respect but in the meantime i'll be fighting for street beefs <laughs> so, heck, heck yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, even even with my with my last belt, just you, you go out there with a you go out there with a certain mindset. Like, even though Adam came at me and said the most reckless stuff anyone's ever said to me, he uh he learned himself. I'm pretty sure he learned from that fight too. And at the end of the day, I didn't carry that after like I was I was in the cage with rage, but after that fight, I was like, you know what? He's still human. I get emotions getting away. It all it gets it gets the best of emotion gets the best of anyone. Like it's 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 a one mentality. One guy told me is like, since it's another human, yeah, you'll, you'll, you guys will beat the crap out of each other for the simplest thing. But I tell you one thing: if it was a spider or anything, you would use a weapon. Mm, everyone right. like that. If you had the if you would fight a human. Just because he cut you in line. Y'all would fight each other probably to the death. But I tell you, if it was a spider or a bat or something, you're bringing a weapon. <laughs> it's just, just the way it works. Like, like it, doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be malicious to that point, but that's just the way we are. We just, most people think primitive. It's just the it way we are. Any times that temperament gets a little too close? Oh, yeah, for me? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, uh, there's only probably like 
two fights where it has. Mm-hmm. But say the Adam fight, I uh, after the first round, I kind of toned down a little. <clears throat> I guess I started playing around at the end of the day because uh, in the in the second round, one guy is like one. He's like he was a huge fan. He was saying, "Oh, you gotta do the 360 kicks. I'm here live. I'm here live. You gotta do it. You gotta do it." Like, <laughs> I saw that. I'm just trying to pummel this guy till he's done. I was like, "No, no, you gotta do the 360 kick. Do it for the fam. Do it for the fans." Like, all right. So then I throw a 360 kick and it lands and everyone lost their shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Everyone lost their fucking shit. Because I really don't throw the kick too much. Because you know, like I like throwing spinning kicks and all of that, but those those things hurt. I've been on the receiving end of those things. They hurt. Mm. <laughs> but, Sometimes I've just seen you just like strike down dudes, and I'm like, what's going on? Like I know some of them have like, especially if they have like no record at all. I'm like, what are you? I know they're just trying, you know, going out there to, get, to give it a fight. But I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, how do you feel about the officiating and all that? Oh, like guys with like no records and yeah. fighting. Yeah, yeah, and like the usually when I when I see the uh, you know the uh, judges, they they know when to call it. But what, what do you think about that? Because some of them, I feel like they have like minimal experience some of them some of them uh it's, it's really weird because uh like i said with street beefs you're like playing russian roulette like i get i'll get a guy that is self-taught his entire life self-taught his entire martial arts uh background and then i'll get a guy that freaking is a is a is a runner-up or a, or semi-pro or a champion, an amateur, you know, it just happens. Like Prince Rivera, he's a he's a glorified amateur fighter. Like he used to fight an amateur. He fought a couple a uh, couple of tough guys, and he was zero and But I fought him in May, and I went toe to toe with him. Or like right. the, a guy like, uh, well, I haven't really fought. I fought one guy zero and uh, seven five one. When I fought him, I mean, like he's still training, but like his hands are his hands are like you're you're built from a different martial arts. So when you when you fight in certain disciplines like Muay Thai or uh, Kung Fu, like when you're limited to just your hands and you have no feet, you realize how much of a disadvantage of you're in because you never really bothered to study fundamentals or mastery in that one art so when i was fighting with just hands he was limited he was very limited even though he probably had more knowledge in kung fu than i did he was only limited to his hands and then you have a guy that just boxed for five years and did a little bit of everything so it was fighting as if he was like a, only did boxing for a month so yeah when I, I tried to tone it down on him but then I didn't realize he hit me. He hit me with this nasty right hand, and it just mm. it it flicked the switch, you know. Yeah. So then, when he hit me with that right hand, then I went hard and threw threw a hard right hand back to him. But you know, when it's a knockout punch, when you don't feel it that much in your gloves, like the hardest punches are the ones you really don't feel. It's weird how that works. Yeah. Like you know when you hit someone, and then when you don't hit someone, you're like, no way, no way he fell to that, but no, he did. And that tried to help him up. Then I forgot it was a 10 count, so I had to leave. Wolverine pushed me. I was like, no, you have to wait till the count's over. And he was he was he was out for the count, man. We had yeah. to sit him up on pool. I was glad he was all right. I like the way that you 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 mentioned this. You mentioned it as a roulette. That's exactly how I look at street beefs because you fight in different categories, like different styles of fighting, different weight class, and then that experience is so different. Like everyone's experience is different. That that probably makes you a better fighter overall. Do you agree? Oh yeah, I agree. And uh, I'll I'll tell you one thing though. That's why I don't I don't I'm not biased with my fights. Like uh, I don't I believe in a there's an equal playing field with everything. But like I'm not gonna be that guy. I was like, oh no, I only fight at 200. Or I'm not going to fight a guy heavier than me. No, I mean, because I'll give you one example. When I fought high definition, I had the more experience, but he had more muscle and weight. So it was, it was the playing field was practically even. Like he dominated me two rounds. And then the third round, I got him. That, that was the difference. Like it, he, he had the, the strength advantage. He had the weight advantage. 
but I had the skill advantage. That's what where the playing field's even now. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause like it's like a it's like a featherweight fighting a bodybuilder. Featherweight MMA fighter got the skill, bodybuilder got the strength. Right. Like I I would never I wouldn't you don't fight a shark in the water. You're gonna fight him on land because you know exactly. that's his edge. That's why, like, you know, jaguars, lions, they're like, no, bro, come on the land. And then the shark's like, no, bro, come in the water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just so the way it works. That's gave you a bunch of uh, adaptability then, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never biased for my fights. Like, I, I'll, I'll fight anyone because I know, like, even though I got the skill level or a guy might have more skill level than me, you know, I want to fight for the challenge. I don't fight to just win. I don't, I don't plan to make a, make a big career at street beast. I came to see how long or how far I could aspire, you know, like yeah. to see it. And, and you're working on yourself too. Exactly. See what I still learned, exactly what you said. <laughs> if everything that I've learned is still relevant, which it slowly is, but like it's starting to phase out. I'm fighting tough guys every time. Like these fights are starting to go to distance now. I'm not just finishing guys off anymore, you know? Like guys mm-hmm. with actual martial arts skills are starting to catch up to me. Like John Connor's one of them. John Connor, he was a he was a purple belt. He's a purple belt in jujitsu. I'm still a white belt in jujitsu. And the fact that I was able to survive ground game was good, but at the end of the day, he he beats me as a wrestler. He beats me as a grappler. But on, on feet, I beat him as a striker. It's just the way it works. What moment like, uh, was like... Showtime. Oh, Showtime, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my Showtime fight, like, I had Showtime and athleticism because I was the younger fighter. He, I think Showtime was, like, in his 40s. But Showtime has the skill. You know, that that, that that's where the, the playing field's even out. Mm-hmm. What, what yeah, was, that's like- why... Oh, my bad. Go, go ahead. I, I was just going to say just a quick little... Go on, Chris. You got it. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that's why when um, Floyd Mayweather fought Conor McGregor, I don't know why, but, like, half of my friends were saying, like, oh, yeah, Conor McGregor's going to, you know, you know, beat him and this and that. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like, Floyd Mayweather, like, he may be old, but he got that skill. And he's been boxing way longer than Conor McGregor. Like, Conor McGregor never boxed. You know, he was only doing uh, MMA, right? Um, and um, yep. he and he only, like, prepped for, like, I don't know, a couple months or, like, you know, half a year or, or maybe. So, you know, my mind going into it was like, man, my money is on Floyd Mayweather. And then actually looking at the fight, I w- I'm seeing, like, okay, yeah, Conor McGregor is gassed out. Like, he's, like, huffing and puffing. And Floyd Mayweather is just, like, come on, man. Like, like you tired already? Like, like what's up? You know? So I'm just, like, okay, yeah, I kind of expected this. Yeah, well, you got Floyd, who's boxed since he's 13. Like, people really don't – like, I looked at his documentary. People don't realize, like, his father, Roger Mayweather, was uh, – he was a good boxer. But uh, I think he had, a, he had an accident, a freak accident. And he had to put up the gloves. And then he took all his knowledge and put it into his son, Floyd. Like, you're talking about Floyd missed school just to box. Like, 2.0. He, he, yep. He, whole time. He boxed at 13. And, he, and his father lived through him to get him to where he is today. While Connor, like, Connor's done MMA. You know, he, he, he didn't, he's limited all his tools. And the farthest he's ever gone in the ring is. Uh, 25 minutes, but that's just five rounds. Floyd does championship rounds in sparring and then surpasses. The guy goes like 20 rounds. He'll never get tired. Like people don't, don't think about that when uh, when they look at it. They see Conor McGregor's big name. And don't get me wrong, Conor can fight, but Floyd's been in the game a lot longer. You're right. So what moment in life taught you like your biggest or like your one of your biggest, you know, life lessons? Uh, that's that's a that's a really hard one because I had a lot of life lessons in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone does. Yeah. Um, I'd say recently was when uh I was in the desert in uh 
California. I was in the Mojave Desert for training, and I'm looking around like it's it's it was really hot out there, man. Like you're talking about the desert. You've seen animals that were born out there die from heat exhaustion, and then <laughs> like it's it's bad. Like dude, like I'd see crows fly midair and just hit the ground from heat exhaustion, just die. Like dude, wow. this place unforgiving. Like we were in this place called the Box, so the heat is like 15 degrees hotter, like get like 120 degrees out there. And like every direction you look, it was a mountain. So you're like engulfed in a mountain. So all the heat rushes down the mountain right into you. That's why they call it the box because you're being cooked down there. I'm just sitting here like, listen, this is a, this is a crappy ordeal. And I take, I took life so much better getting out. I was so thankful just to have, you know, cold water. Like I was so, hydrated out there i chugged hot water like dude i'm resorted to chugging hot water because like you gotta live you know what i'm saying so i gotta I, live man how long yeah. were you out i was out there for two weeks we're out there mm. for two weeks and i'm sitting here like listen if i'm have to go through this i need to go out and start like taking things seriously i need to start if i want to do something i don't care about the judgment people give me it's my life. I'm going to live it because like, I'm not going to be trying to live through other people anymore. You know, like I'm not trying to try to please anyone else because at the end of the day, even though they have their opinions, it's still my life to live. I'm not going to waste my life and waste my opportunities because someone else wants me to do things a certain way. So yeah, you know, in my pro license, I'm like, dude, every day I'm getting fatter. I'm only getting fatter and weaker. So I want to take the opportunity now because once I hit 30, I'm not I'm not going pro at 30. That's that's ridiculous. I'm wasting my time. I only have five years left in my career if I go pro at 30. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless I'm like a ordeal champion like Pacquiao or, or Mayweather and able to fight in my 40s, I'm not doing it. All right. You know? And then having my daughter too, because then I was like, you know. You know, once you once you you share and you made life yourself in this world, you realize how much you're willing to sacrifice for it. Because you don't want to you don't want that kid to grow up with the things that being deprived of the things that they should have. You know, when I was growing up, I was deprived of a lot of things that I wanted in my life. I had a lot of limitations. I always said to myself, like, once they grow up, I want to be that person. You know, like they can live a good life. At least say like they had a good childhood. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's all they, that's, that's the big, the, the first thing they need is just to have a good childhood. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fair play. Do you have any final message or boys, do you guys have any final questions you want to ask fair play? Uh, I just want to say, man, I really appreciate you coming along, you know, what's out and, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, keeping up with your journey bro because it's um pretty inspirational and you know like i I, like i never knew about you know uh street beefs you know the whole like the furthest i knew was like kimbo slice and what he was doing you know that that was the most that i kind of you know you know was aware of you know and then when X told me about you and I, then I looked into you and it was like, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. So I, I definitely look forward to keeping up with your journey for sure. I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks, man. That means a lot. And yeah. uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep you guys uh, informed and up to date. I mean, I got another fight the 17th in Jersey and I have another fight the 23rd in maryland so do you guys uh i appreciate your support and uh like i said things like this i don't forget you know like y'all go out your way to do to do whatever you aspire to be you know like all y'all have your own niches y'all have your own skills your own skill sets like it's not everything it's not always about fighting when you're motivated you pursue what you want like mm-hmm. that's what get off the couch and do something as long as you're productive you'll never have regrets when you get older because you got to do exactly what you want. You weren't in a prison in your own mind because you're, you're your biggest enemy. Don't right. let yourself. And life's a fight as well. Life's a fight. Corey, you got <laughs> anything you want to say? 
Yeah, I just want to say, like, it's nice to see an actual professional athlete taking everything seriously, humble, and has great respect for everyone involved in their uh, inviting. And, like, it's just great to hear your words, man. It's great to hear your words. It's great to hear the respect that you have for the work that you have for your art craft. Like that, I look at this as an art, bro. It is an art. It's called martial arts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, you are you're very inspirational, man. And like, dude, I'm so honored that you were even uh, willing to give up some of your time to be on our podcast. So fair play. If you got anything last, last things you want to say, any last shout outs, you want to shout out to the kids, shout out to the wife. Uh, I appreciate your time, man. And yeah, fair play. Yeah. Definitely. You guys, first of all, yeah, shout out What's Out Media. You guys do some good work. I, I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity and the invitation to be a part of your, your cast. And uh, yeah, shout out my wife, of course. Shout out all my kids. Um, I'm, I'm thankful because I, I wouldn't be here once for them. Shout out my friends that uh, talk to me and get me through it and give me my support. Same support I give them. Uh, also, two shout outs I want to give to two people that asked me to do it. Shout out Dot Universe. They, uh, they're pretty good with their, they do music and all of that. And shout out Dylan, capital D Y L in parentheses. Uh, you guys are good support. I, I appreciate my fans. I appreciate the work you guys do as uh, What's Out Media. And definitely uh, forgive me the opportunity. I can't, uh, words can't explain it, you know, I'm, I'm fumbling, <laughs> but I, all I can say is I'm thankful. I'm really thankful. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And uh, Dot Universe, we would love to, uh, you know, we might want to collab. We want, we might want to have an interview. We, we love musicians as well. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just, uh, I'll have to send them a link to this. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been What's Out Media, and we were with Fair Play. Uh, thank you, Crizzo, once again. And Fair Play, I got one question, one last question for you. How did our guy? How did our guy Corey do today? Did our guy Corey do all right today? Ah, <laughs> uh, the Wolverine. Oh yeah, the oh, same oh, man. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. No, yeah, you're fine. Man. Sorry, I'm, I'm always thinking streepies. My bad. I'm sorry. Here, yeah, but, uh, no, you guys did good. Like I said, the only way you get better is by keep doing it. Firing from the hips, good. And your first—if this is your first shot—you do phenomenal. <laughs> stop and keep it all i can say don't stop and keep it up you get better every time 100 peace peace it's been what's out take care